Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm one of your hosts, and my name is Alex Croson, and I'm alongside... Casey Clapp. I'm also a host. My name is Casey Clapp. This is Completely Arbitrary. Hi. And just to reiterate, my name is Alex Croson, and this is Completely Arbitrary. Again, for those of you who just joined us, mm-hmm. this is Completely Arbitrary. Yes. I'm Casey Clapp. That's Alex Croson. I'm sitting across from Casey Clapp. My name is Alex Croson. Hi, Casey. Alex, completely arbitrary. Welcome. How you doing? Doing just spectacular. I've been zazzing all day. What in the world does that mean? Well, as it works out, I am looking to take the next step in my career. Yeah. Uh, essentially, what that means is that I'm I'm looking to do all sorts of stuff. And over the last couple of days, I've made a lot of big, big, uh, as they say in sports, I move the ball forward. That's right. Yeah, it's a metaphor. If you don't understand it, essentially means progress. Casey made a first down career-wise. That's exactly right. You're, uh, yeah, you, you showed up today. You're very excited. You're making a website for yourself. Yep, yep. It's going to be a website. Uh-huh. I also have a uh, been working on some educational opportunities that are going to be coming down the pike. That's so right. if someone is uh, looking to say learn how to identify trees with Casey Clapp, that'll be a thing. Yeah. You could also uh, if you're in town, I'm going to try and develop tree walks, Alex. I mm-hmm. don't know if you're familiar, but we have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com/arbitrary. Slash arbitrary pod. Thank you. Thank you. I'm- and despicable I, honestly i just assume that someone's gonna google it and find it i i don't know go ahead who actually types in www.patreon.com listen it's, slash. it's https <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry so then uh yeah so we did a, a tree uh, a tree trek yeah we did we went where many people have walked before literally the streets of portland oregon yes and um so that is not only a beta version of what we're going to be doing here in a second if you want more of that Go, go get on the, the arbitrary uh, uh, Patreon. Yeah. Aside from that, I also am trying to like make that happen as like a thing that I do often so that if anyone wants to come with us sometime, you can come uh, do a nice tree walk with Casey Clapp and Alex Croson, completely arbitrary, or just Casey Clapp if Alex is like, nah, nah. This was my question, and we can talk about this off air. No, go for it. Do I get a cut yeah, of, of, course. of these things? Well, that's the thing. I, it's probably going to be tip only. It's like a, a European walking tour. Oh, I see. I that's see. what I want to go with. Just feel like, yeah, hey, if yeah. I did good, give me money. If I did poorly, spit on my shoes. Can we dress like barons? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Ah, Northwest 24th and Cooch. You look like a damned fool. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Sir Patrick. How dare you? We can put on a little little live art for the people Yeah, that, as yeah. they slowly walk away. Exactly. Well, hey, that's how we get tips. Yeah. Casey, today we are... Uh, congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you, If you Alex. need any help with anything, holler at me. You're the best. Casey, today, in this season of edible trees, mm. you and yum, I... Yum, yum, yum. We're being little stinkers on this episode. Oh, come on. No way. This was part this was one of our huh. This this might work. What was the label that I insisted we use that you deleted then I in I made you put it back in? The label. In our in our uh organizational Oh Casey <laughs> of our culinary delineations, we had fruit, we had nuts, and then we had a third one that you called wackadoodle. Yeah. It's still in our spreadsheet. It still is. It still is. Uh, you deleted it, and then I was like, ah, "What?" 
I and did? Then, yeah, and then you put it back. I'm a little bit yeah. of a control freak. That's I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, and I, I'm a little bit of a control uh, um, subverter. Yeah, you're a little bit like the Joker. I'm a little bit like Batman. You are. I've always <laughs> thought that about you. <laughs> um, I, ain't no, I ain't no cop. I don't no, work for no cop. You punch really hard. Uh, I've never punched anything in my life. But, <laughs> uh, today, Casey, you and I are talking about the home oak. Yes, we are. And mm. more mm. specifically, you might think, well, what do you eat that comes off of a home oak? Is it an acorn? Hmm. What mm. about a, a leaf? Mm, no, perhaps, not quite. Perhaps a root, Alex. No, Casey. Oh. Today we're talking home oak and its relationship to the French black truffle mm, the scientific name tuber melanosporum that's the truffle that's the truffle okay. the scientific name for the actual tree we're talking about on this tree podcast is quercus ilex the home oak or the holly oak okay well casey pretty delicious let's imagine as we do every episode you and i are watching walking rather uh-huh. uh and watching yeah. a uh french countryside mm-hmm and we happen upon a stand of home oaks, a word I learned today. Beautiful. And uh, Casey, I ask you to tell me all about this tree and this fungus. I will do both of these. So as it turns out, this tree grows um, along the sort of northern, southern, and western edges of the great Mediterranean Sea. It grows in northern uh, Africa. It grows almost all over Spain and Portugal, and it grows along the coasts of France and uh, Italy. Cool. Um, in fact, it does the whole boot of Italy and all the islands in between. So what's cool about this um, this tree is that it is um, well introduced all the way up through the British Isles and uh, into probably some places in Germany, though it doesn't really say. So it might be a little too wet or a little too cold in Germany. Okay. Um, but this tree is uh, it's a it's of a group of trees that grows in this area that include other evergreen species like the cork oak, which is another one mm. of my favorite. In fact, we almost covered it. We might actually throw it into an extra episode here or there. That's right. It's the tree that uh, it actually makes the cork that we use in wine bottles yeah. and anything. It's another one of these evergreen oak trees that grows in this Mediterranean climate. Kind of arid, a little bit dry, but enough moisture uh, that you can grow quite a few things. Now, wait a second. Yes? You just said another one of these uh, evergreen oaks. Yeah. Is the whole oak an evergreen tree? I just, yes, I'm so sorry. I wow. just gave my hand away. That's amazing. This is an evergreen oak tree. Okay. Of which there are many. It actually turns out that oak trees are probably somewhere between like 50% evergreen and 50% not evergreen. This surprises me. Yeah. So this is an evergreen oak of yes. the Mediterranean coast. Exactly. There are some 600 species of oak trees, um, evergreen and deciduous. And this one is a, uh, it's a species that grows um, in, or it grows as like a big round, round bald tree. Yeah. So as compared to like the, the big oak trees that you think of in like the eastern United States or in uh, like northern Europe where there's these big, massive, like single uh, stem trees that kind of pop up and have these, you know, gigantic, capacious, you know, canopies and mm-hmm. things. Um, these, they grow a little bit smaller, a little bit spindlier when they're first young. And then they end up getting these big circular globe, uh, yeah. globe-like um, tops, only to about 100 feet tall, maybe. Um, not generally always that tall, just because as they are growing in this drier climate, they tend to go wider than they grow tall often. Oh, okay. At least as they as they start to grow, they grow outwards and then slow their upwards growth. So they kind of slowly grow out and become a little bit wider. Is that because it's harder to get water vertically rather than horizontally? I think so. And it's you generally see it often. And it also is, um, it's a, a matter of if you can grow wider, you kind of shade the ground underneath you so you lose less water. Oh, interesting. So um, there's there's a lot of different things. I haven't, I feel like I've read an article about this, so I'd have to actually find it, Alex. But it's a common thing where as you go to a more dry environment, mm-hmm. the trees don't grow as tall and they grow a lot wider. That is interesting. Casey, can we talk leaf? We can. So, as we said already, it's evergreen. And did you know, Alex, Ilex, which is the specific epithet for this tree, Mm -hmm. is the genus name for holly. Is the Ilex is the genus name for holly. Correct. 
Okay. As Quercus is to oaks, Ilex is to holly. So this Quercus is named after another genus? Precisely. Interesting. And the reason is because we, in the vernacular, call it the holly oak or the holm oak, and the holm oak is apparently the ancient way or the ancient name for a holly. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that's, right. why we, that's why we have that name. Cool. And it's not named after some person named Holm. It's not named after actor Ian Holm? Yeah, it, it is not named after actor Ian Holm. Well, though, this is a great chagrin, disappointment. Yeah, he's going to be pretty upset. Bilbo himself. Oh, that's Bilbo. Yeah. I didn't know that. In the Lord of the Rings trilogy, not the Hobbit trilogy, mm. that is, of course, Martin Freeman. It also means prickly, apparently, according to my, uh, my research here. But oh. it's probably what they called the holly. They're like, yeah, that's a prickly. The leaves are singly born. They're alternately ranged around the stem of the tree they are evergreen not quite lanceolate they're kind of just short leaves that are um pinnately low i'm not lobed pinnately um veined but they do not have any lobes they look like holly in that they kind of come out they're kind of wavy the way a holly leaf is yeah and then they have really sharp little um serrations right at the edge of each one of their uh, or at the end of each one of their veins. Not every oh. single vein, but most of the veins. They have a little tooth that comes out that's really sharp. So where the vein meets the margin, there's a little boink. Exactly. And, uh, and they're evergreen, and they have really shiny, dark, uh, kind of um, waxy-looking top. You flip yeah. it over, and it's much more muted green, um, not near as shiny. And that is just exactly what a holly leaf looks like, straight up. Not not to, not to mention the bark, especially when it's young, is really smooth and gray hmm. the way that a holly is. We actually have one of these trees growing here in Portland in the Hoyt Arboretum, several of them, and they even grow like the branch pattern to me looks like holly. Hmm. I don't know why. There's no reason that these two trees should have any amount of, like, they, they are not co-evolving in the same way for the same reason. English holly is from the northern area, and this is from the southern area of Europe, so it's like, why do you guys look exactly the same? Do you think there's, I mean, there's a lot of evidence here. If I were a detective, I'd start to, you know, I'd start to book somebody. Yeah, might as well, yeah. Uh, is there any evidence here that that the holm oak and holly are potentially related in some way? No. They're in uh, Aquifoliaceae, which is the family for that. And then this is in the Fagace, or Fabaceae, which is the chestnut family. The, uh-huh. the fruit of one is like a little berry, I think, um, uh, kind of a poem. It might be a poem. It's close like that. I think it's a conspiracy. I yeah. do think they are it, related. I bet you they are. And they just like, uh, they've, they've, what they've done is they've just like hidden, hidden their roots away from each other. Like, okay, build a nut around your fruit mm. and I won't we're not going to tell anyone and they like cut their hands with the oh with a little God. saw and they like shake hands and do the spitter the pinky you know the the promise thing that uh-huh. people do and someday they'll reconjoin and yeah. create a super tree the acorn's going to like release like the nut and be like it turns out I was a holly this whole time yeah. and everyone's going to be like <gasps> it's going to be a drama everyone's going to gasp and then go Okay, and walk away. <laughs> okay, cool. Anyway. Can I say something not about the leaf, yeah. but the acorn itself? You sure can. Now, a lot of acorns I've seen, yeah. as far as ratio of topper mm-hmm. to curvy bottom part. Yeah, the curvy bottom the part. The cup, I'll, hey. I'll call it. <laughs> I I prefer the topper and the curvy bottom part. All right. You have the topper and <laughs> All you All right, have... so if you look right here, uh, <laughs> I need you guys to pay attention, okay? This is some hardcore botanical stuff, okay? We've got the topper. Okay. <laughs> we got the, uh, the the curvy bottom part over here. And uh, write that down. It's going to be on your test in the fall, okay? Need you focus. Um, I'll call it the lid and the cup. Okay, wait. Uh, imagine an acorn, there's a lid and a cup, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, my God. That would be the same thing. No. The, the lid and the cup are the same thing. No. What, what, what's the cup? The cup is the curvy bottom, the green curvy bottom part, like the main part of the acorn. All right, I'm going to let you keep going. You don't know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, but, the, but it doesn't match the, the it, so the acorn cap Yes, the cap is. The, I'm calling the lid. Yes. Now, now that that is shaped in, for all intents and purposes, like a cup. Whereas, is it more cup length than the bottom part? Yes, the bottom part is a is a like convex, like elongated spherical thing. All right, how about that you could in no way put something inside as a cup? How about we call it the tip and the foreskin? All right, let's call it the tip and the foreskin. <laughs> now, usually, a lot of acorns I've seen, yeah. are like are like 20% foreskin and 80% tip. Okay. Okay? Yeah. 
the whole moke is like 50 50 you think so there seems to be there seems Where? to be a lot of foreskin on yeah. this photo that i'm what, looking at what are you looking at home oak quercus ilex with acorns what on what website sciencephoto.com sciencephoto.com i've never heard of this well the reason i'm questioning is because i'm looking at um a different website uh this website is uh is called wikipedia Casey, would you come? Would you lean over and look at this photo this that I'm I'm looking at right now? Casey's getting up. He's coming and looking at this photo. He's returning to his mic. Okay, yeah, that that looks right. I guess it's like fifty fifty, maybe forty five fifty five. Yeah, I guess I'm just looking at others like in and it's it's very different. They it's like it, it almost looks like a really long horse with like a little yarmulke or something. <laughs> if hey, if you're listening to this and you have an opinion on the ratio of the. Of, of the acorn, the whole milk acorn, ha- uh, hashtag us, um, hashtag foreskin ratio. <laughs> yeah, definitely hashtag that with everything that you ever send over to completely arbitrary. Anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a fair description. Okay. The acorn is a long acorn. Yes. With a somewhat between deep and shallow cap. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, uh, dip, 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 you know, uh, you know those old uh, characters. I think it was like the spy versus spy. Oh yeah, you know yeah those yeah, guys. Yeah. You know how they have like those really long, pointy faces. Uh-huh. Now imagine one of them wearing a steezy style beanie all the way rolled down uh-huh. and pulled down half their face. Uh-huh. It's either that or like two rolls up, so it's just kind of sitting on the top of their head. Uh-huh. That's how I imagine. That's okay. what I see when I see these acorns. Well, we we have we see different things. We see different things, okay? We see different things. I think that's fair. You I see what? a penis. You see an old cartoon. It takes all kinds, Alex. It sure does. Well, in this case, the acorns are delightful. They are long, they are pointy, and they turn a lovely, lovely brown. They also uh, take about um, 18 months to mature. Interesting. And so remember how we talked about this other old oak tree called the Oregon White Oak? I do. Are we about to talk about mast years? We are not about to talk about mast years. Right. But the thing between the two oak trees in relation to their mast years uh-huh. is that a white oak family tree would take one year in six months from the uh, fall or the springtime when their flowers come out to the fall, their acorns mature in that one year. Okay. And then other trees take 18 months or more, two years, in order to have their acorns mature. We generally put that into the red oak group and the uh, white oak group. Okay. White oak group, only one year, and they tend to have um, rounded lobes on all of their leaves. Oregon uh-huh. white oak, the English oak, um, the a couple of different species of turkey oaks, and a bunch of other species. Red oak, 18 months, yes. and pointy leaves. And pointy leaves, exactly. Alex. That's kind of a fun ID thing, you yeah. can, just to narrow it down a little. It, it at least gets you there, and you're like, well, okay, I know it's this, I know it's this. It's hard to tell the oak, like the acorns how long they take, because yeah. you're not just going to oh, sit sure. there for a whole year, mm-hmm. completely ignore the leaves, and just watch these acorns for right. 18 months, and be like, that one's definitely a red oak. Wow. It's like, well, you could have just looked at the leaves. If you look at these leaves they are somewhat variable alex if you variable yes so variable in this case means that the leaves don't always look exactly the same oh sure and they generally have sometimes um the younger leaves and i actually had to look this up because it's an evergreen tree so the leaves they age but as they age like over a couple years of being on the tree uh-huh. they don't or at least one year um they're like yeah the younger leaves are much more pokey than the older leaves and i was like wait a second Huh. How how would a leaf, as it ages, become less pokey? Yeah. Like maybe it's like a, a an a or a uh, a cone, like a tree cone, a, a pine cone, where the umbels like they would fall off at some point, or the the little sure. arm spikes. But in this case, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. The leaf doesn't just like lose its its like pointiness. It turns out what they're meaning is that when the tree is young and it's putting on leaves as a young tree, it's yeah. going to be way pokier. And then as the tree gets older and bigger, its leaves tend to um, become more entire around their margins, where it doesn't have those sharp bits. Oh, so it like fills in the spaces between the sharp 
bits. Yes, as it as or they as just aren't near as pronounced. Okay. Yeah, and the reason for that would be a young tree does not want to get predated upon yeah. by the deer, so it's really pokey and upsetting. Same thing for hollies. That's what they do. That's really smart. Yeah, they're evergreen leaves, and so they want them to be pokey so that nothing eats them because they need them year after year after year. I see. So then as they get bigger and they're way up in the sky and there's no more uh, giraffes over in, in southern France, they're like, meh, I don't need to worry about it. I see. And they get through it. Well, Casey, this tree has an associate. Yes, it sure does. A delicious, uh, overpriced, <laughs> I think po- potentially out of out of the zeitgeist mm-hmm. associate. Mm, yeah. About which we will talk about after the break. That's right. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Holm Oak and its little buddy, the Black Truffle. Mm-hmm. Casey, let's get into some truffly talk. Let's do it. Okay, Alex, you're yes. familiar with the Black Truffle, right? Have you ever had one? Yes. You have? I've never actually... I take that back. Oh. Have I ever actually eaten a Black Truffle? Hmm. I don't think I've had, I think I've had things that taste of truffle. Yeah. Uh, potentially made with like truffle oil. Yeah, there's a lot that's, that's done with that. That's like, um, what did um, uh, Anthony Bourdain, someone said, okay, what's what's your least favorite food one time? And he yeah. said, I believe, he said, if I never hear the words truffle oil again, yeah. I'll, I'll be completely happy. Yeah, everybody went truffle oil mad for a long time. They really did. Yeah, and I feel like it's I feel like it's falling out of favor a little bit because it's sort of um, exclusionary. Mm-hmm. It's cost prohibitive to it is. cook with truffles. That is I, that is a good that's a good uh, point to add to this. Yeah, do you like truffle flavor, Case? I do. I think it's delicious. Okay. But then again, I just like mushroom flavored almost everything. Especially See, these. Like they're so robust, at least the flavor that I taste. Yeah. I actually don't when I eat something that tastes like black truffle, I actually don't get, I don't feel like I'm eating something that tastes like mushrooms. Mm, really? Like a black truffle is like almost separate from a mushroom for me. I don't know why. That's so curious. And that, I mean, that kind of makes sense because of course they are, um, uh, uh, like they they are such a unique mushroom that that's like what everyone likes about them is yeah. that their flavor is not exactly that, sure. you know, it's not the standard cremini flavor that you'd get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Specifically, I just want to make one clarification. We are talking about what they call the, I think it's Perigord, or in French it might be like Perigord. Perigord. But we're going to find out. Hold on. Let's see what Emma says. Perigord. 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 <laughs> Perigord. Casey, it seems that per, uh, Perigord, I'm going to call it Perigord. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Uh, what well, is it, Perigord? Uh, is a region in France. It is, yeah. And the reason I want to say that is because there's actually a black uh, um, truffle that we grow here in Oregon. It grows mm-hmm. off of the Douglas fir. And so we actually are a producer of truffles here in Oregon. I yeah. think there's two different species that we grow here. And what's cool about that is that, you know, obviously we can, you know, add more to it so it's not quite as, uh, um, you know, 
region specific like oh you can only get champagne from the champagne region right that kind of thing so this is like well yes but you can also get like another kind like organ truffle from oregon and that kind of thing i see it's a it's a fungus just as there's a thousand different species of fungus of any kind that we eat um throughout the world same thing with truffles they they've done their thing not only on the home oak but other species have done it on other species of trees but the original og purest form of the black truffle comes from the home oak yes. in this region in France. That is precisely the fact. I see. So in this one, um, it's, it's in this region of France, but of course also in, in uh, Italy and in Portugal and these places as well. Okay. Anywhere that this tree grows, there's also another species uh, that it grows on. A couple other species I've heard, um, hazelnuts it likes to grow on, sometimes cherries. Mm. Um, but then also they, they call this one out as a... Oh, the pubescent oak, and I can't remember what that one is, so I'll find out here in a second. I have heard pubescent uh, in tree terms to mean a leaf has like a little fuzz on it. Yes. Is yeah. that what this means? It's exactly what that means, yeah. Okay. You know what the you know what kind of tree that is? Quercus pubescens. Oh. <laughs> I should have known. Wow. I should have known. That one was looking you right in the it's face. It's just, yeah. You know what? If it was a snake, it would have bit me. Twere a snake, twould have bit thine leg. Wow, that was very medieval. Well, I was taking it back to the Baron characters we had. Oh, earlier. yeah, that's right, that's right. So here's the thing about what's uh, what's cool about this uh, this mushroom, and this is kind of a thing that makes it a little bit different. Why I think it's unique to cover here as a fungal associate. Yeah, um, there are two main things I want to talk about with this. One is that uh, it's an Ascomycete, which is essentially the same as any other mushroom that you've ever eaten, um, where it'll put out a fruiting body with spores, and it'll go everywhere. Right. Okay. Um, however, the other thing about this is that it is underground. The truffle. The truffle is underground. Okay. And this is the thing that's unique about a lot of different fungus fruiting bodies. The fungus itself, like its its body, like the mycelial mats and everything like that, that is normally underground because that's where the food is. That's where it's like nice and moist and it can chill. Okay. However, when they fruit, their fruiting body, the mushroom pops up to the top. Why would they do that? to spread their spores around everywhere. And they're so light and airy that literally the slightest breeze or almost no breeze at all that we could even distinguish, those spores will just go and float away. Right. So why would you want to be underground? What is? How does that spread your spores at all? Mm. You're completely blocked by the soil above you. And they're usually, I think, like between two to six, maybe eight inches underground, so they're not super deep. Can you help me paint the picture here? Yeah. Let's pretend that I am a truffle. Yeah. I'm growing on underground. Yep. I'm on what the root of a whole oak? Yes, you are a um I believe not an ecto no, yes, an ectomycorrhizal fungi. What does the ecto in the, that mean? The ecto means it's on the outside of the roots. And okay. so instead of an endo basically goes in and finds its way into the yeah. root system, whereas the ecto, it just goes around and it just hangs on the outside, and basically puts this sheath around the root. And then the root uh, cells basically sort of say, it's cool, let them in. And then they have they send their little filaments in and they make these little deals. But it doesn't grow in and completely like um, have filaments inside the root. It's a sheath with connections inside or between the two. So let's answer the question, why would you want to be on? underground as a mushroom yeah right so you you found a tree uh you're a mycorrhizal fungi so you are dealing with this tree you're you're passing things back and forth now this tree or this fungus is probably the single one of the single most um what is what i hmm entrepreneurial let's say entrepreneurial mushrooms and the reason why is that it is saying, I'm not going to spread my own spores. I'm just going to make them, but I'm going to put out a very specific scent. It puts out a scent for a pig. Oh, right. Specifically, my understanding is that it's a sex hormone, which is why uh, pigs, specifically uh, female pigs, are just like, yes. Pigs want to fuck a truffle? They want to find that truffle because they think it's going to get them laid. Oh, as a gift to their partner? No, 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 no. It's just like when they smell that, they're like, whoa, something good's over there. I see. So then they smell and they dig it up, and then they're like, oh, well, that was, tastes delicious, though. And then they go to the next one, they're like, oh, I smell I, I, yep. something promising. Exactly. And, and then, then they dig it up, they're and they're just, like, oh, fuck, it's another one of those it's one of these delicious black circles. Things. Okay, I'm just going to keep going. Okay, I smell something over there. I'm going to go over there. And then they just keep doing it and doing it, and then at some point, they're going to be like, man, I'm just full of truffles. I got I to gotta poop. Then it walks over, and it poops. Ideally, it poops around another tree that the black truffle or the Perigord truffle is interested in colonizing. Hang on. Blagunk. 
Huh? I, 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 I have questions. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Sorry. Let me, They're let compounding. Me no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not upset with you. Oh. I'm just like flustered. All right. Why, are they, are, okay. Are we talking wild pigs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, historically, or any other animal, like deer have uh, been known to find them, so do dogs and things like that. And this hormone works on all of those animals? Um, yes, like all animals can smell this, most animals. Specifically, dogs and pigs are like the ones that smell it the best, but sure. like, uh, rodents can find it and they'll eat it up real real quick, like squirrels will go take care of it. So it's almost like a berry. It's it kind it, of it is, It acts yeah. like a berry. Yes, but without using the colors of the berry, it just uses the scent. See, so that's it, interesting. It smells good to animals. We humans are not as good as we have been historically at smelling things, so we we can't really smell it. Right, compared to a compared to a dog, our noses yeah. are total trash. Exactly, they're nothing. Uh, this is really interesting. Yeah, so it smells really good, and so animals are like, I want to eat that. It smells like delicious food. Yeah. So and that's, they eat that's it. what it does. Yeah. And then naturally, nature calls. Uh huh. And they poop it out. Where? Anywhere. I mean, wherever they happen to be pooping, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you ask a dog where it wants to poop, I'm sure it'll have a lot of good answers. When you're an animal, the world is your bathroom. The world is your bathroom. Yeah. And we're animals, Alex. That is true. And we would eat it, and then historically, we would poop in our world, and then that would go on the ground somewhere, sometimes in a hole, pre-dug, pre-inoculated, and then covered in the ground. The fungal mycelial then says, woo! starts growing out finds its way and makes another connection with another tree again uh, like several different species um that it grows on and because it grows on these other trees then it can find whatever tree works become a mycelial or a uh, um uh mycorrhizal thank you it becomes a mycorrhizal connector connection and then poof you got yourself another sweet sweet relationship of the fungus and the tree working together for the common good of each other. This is very fascinating, Casey. There's one other thing, Alex. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I know it's fascinating, and I just want to add one layer of fascination, unless you want to pause and tell me what you think is fascinating so far. I would like you to add the layer. It not Ice only, this cake, baby. The icing on this cake is that not only does the truffle do several things with several different things it will shake hands with its buddy the home oak and say you're cool i'm cool you protect me i'll give you everything you want you give me some sugars i'll give you some water some nutrients everything's cool and the home oak's like yeah sounds good also see all these other homies around here homies yeah Ooh, thank you <laughs> that's a good one dang it these are not homies though these are just homies who are trying to get in on the other resources that the home oak wants. So the home oak mm. says to its fungal associate, would you mind maybe getting rid of these guys? And so the not only does it make a mycorrhizal connection in a positive way with the home oak, it will parasitize the roots of other plants that are growing also in the same region and kill them. Wow. Isn't that ridiculous? That it, is hardcore. Yeah, it is. What do they call it? They call it the um, uh, brulee, the burnt zone around the tree. The brulee. Yeah, isn't that the best? <laughs> wow, that is really interesting. Stunning. It absolutely blew my mind when I learned about this, where these trees, or I'm sorry, these fungus, they will do what they can and help out their their fungal-associated tree. They will actively not help other plants that yeah. are around create this not quite dead zone, but like this zone where all the pl- other plants are like constantly trying to fight off this parasitic infection by uh-huh. this fungus. And then you got to admit, the fungus is probably taking the, the parasitized uh, carbohydrates and things from the plants that it's killing and giving it to the tree wow. that is growing over the top trying to succeed in this rough Mediterranean climate. That is fantastic. You know, Casey? Yes. Sometimes on this show, mm-hmm. I mean, you know me. I'm I'm interested in trees. Yeah, yeah. I have become more interested in trees since being your podcast partner. Hey, me too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of the time I learn something about a tree and then we stop recording and I move on. Yeah. And then maybe I, you know, I lose probably 70% 65 to 70% of the knowledge I gain in the moment. You okay, know? sure, yeah. And yeah. then every once in a while, I'll be talking to a friend. I, the other the other day, I was talking to my dad, 
and we were taking a walk, and I pointed out uh, a pine tree, and I, yeah. I told, I picked a cone, and I showed him all the different little parts of the cone, and oh so that's God. something that I took with me mm-hmm. into the real world. Yeah, this is one hundred percent something that I would retell to a friend. I honestly, I have to, I have to admit the same thing. Not that I forget everything uh, afterwards. Sure. I hope I don't. Some of it I certainly do. Um, but there are some things that I have also learned myself just by doing the research for the show. Yeah. And then all of a sudden being like, no way. Yeah. Blows my mind. It's pretty amazing. So this is almost like, this is almost like, a, you know, uh, a lelopathic a little bit. Yeah, it is. So let's recap. Okay. I'm going to recap and you tell me if I'm right. Sounds good. There is a black fungus called a truffle. Yes. It grows in a fruiting body on the roots. It is ectomycorrhizal. Yes, as far as I know. It grows on the outside of these roots of these oaks Correct. and some other trees. Underground. Yep. It has a it has a horny scent. <laughs> and the animals <laughs> come and they eat it up and yep. they go poop it out somewhere else. And it goes into the ground and it latches onto another tree. Yep. And it not only gives and receives nutrients from this tree, mm-hmm. but it actually takes nutrients away from ex- extra special trees yes. in the surrounding area. Correct. That is just so wild. It sounds like science fiction. Yeah, it is. It totally is. And when you think about like how that life cycle developed, yeah. like it actively kills one thing, actively helps out the other, and then seeks out and by like necessity has to get taken by an animal, dug up, and sent somewhere else. Yeah. it Like, other mushrooms that would do this or other fruit, like, they could land on the ground and, like, be fine and probably keep living, but this one cannot do that. Right. It either has to keep growing underground for as far as it can, or it has to get taken away by another animal to spread somewhere else. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's fascinating. And the last thing to note about it is that, allegedly... It's delicious. Yeah. Two thousand, one thousand to two hundred or two thousand dollars per kilogram. See. Do you know what the most uh the next uh the other the other Ooh. culinary thing that's really expensive that this was compared to that I learned about? Caviar. Yes, beluga caviar yeah. specifically, which is not from a beluga whale because they don't have eggs. Of course, yeah. But as soon as I read that, I was like, what is a, <laughs> what is beluga caviar? Just take like a, a calf of a beluga whale and just like somehow turn it into caviar? It's from a sturgeon, it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, I think, for beluga caviar, it's like um, for nine ounces, it's $1,224, according to Fuck. this. Don't worry, you get free shipping. Nine ounces, that's about... That's about uh, five or six Don Redwood cones worth. Yeah, it's not a lot. If I remember the cone scale. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think you do. In fact, we could we could we could ship that um, with just one stamp. <laughs> we don't need any more than one stamp. But it would cost uh, it would cost four hundred seventy some dollars for two ounces. Yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah. So the next best thing, because this is a little too expensive, uh-huh. find a black truffle grown off of a holm oak in the south of France and use that. Yeah. Get there yourself you a pig. Yeah. And well, go walking. A lot of people train dogs these days, but I like the idea of the pig. I think that's practical. Just, it's so much more old school, like have this old farmer, you know, walking through his, you know, acorn or an oak patch and yeah. just have the, this gigantic pig because they'll also eat the acorns and get like nice and fat on the acorns and you got a delicious fat pig. Have you seen the new movie Pig? I have I have not. I didn't even know there was a new movie that's called Pig. Casey, I haven't seen it either, but we might we might consider watching it. And in, in fact, we probably should have watched it before this episode. It stars Nicolas Cage as a truffle hunter. Oh. And he has a famous pig. And guess where he lives? Where? Portland, Oregon. What? It's about like the, the Oregon, it's about the Portland like culinary scene in, in some oh my God. time frame. Yeah, let's definitely watch it. Is it out right now? Can we stream it? I don't think, I don't know if we can stream it. I believe it's in theaters. I love Nicolas Cage. Casey, as you know, this season, we are teaming up with some chefs for a few of these food items. That's right. Uh, I refused to find somebody to cook something with black mm-hmm. truffles yep. because they're so exorbitantly priced. Yep. It's a, what did, you said earlier, it's, a, it's um, exclusionary Yes, because of that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's cost prohibitive there for many, many people. Yeah. 
Of course, you know, a, a little a special couple shavings on top of some pasta would be good. It's supposed to be delicious, right? But, yeah, but that's not a that's not necessarily like a, a a dish around the truffle. True. And uh so we're not doing a recipe for this. We are, however, as always, going to give our review. Yes, we are. Of the Holm Oak and a secondary review, an associative review for the black truffle. Ah. How about that? Excellent. Uh, Casey, here's how it works. You and I are going to give our final thoughts on this tree and this fungus and give it a rating of 0 to 10 golden Michelin cones of honor. That's right. We're going to abbreviate that to golden cones of honor. Casey, as our resident expert, we begin with you. All right. So here's the thing. This is a nice tree. I like evergreen trees. Having said that, the tree's okay. You know, Alex, it's fine. I think evergreen trees are nice. I love them. I think they're beautiful. I like this one because I think it also has really beautiful leaves. I'm a big fan of these like holly looking like leaves. Mm -hmm. I don't like the idea of touching them because they look pokey, but not all the time. But man, that dark, um, the dark green glossy thing to it. Mm. I just think they look so nice. Yeah. I like their acorns. I think their acorns are the perfect amount of pokey. I think their length to cap ratio is delightful. Those weren't the terms we agreed on. I'm sorry. I can't remember the terms, Alex. And uh, the, the bark is just okay. In fact, I don't really like the bark. I think the bark's kind of ugly. Okay. And I was reading something, and they said the bark is black. And then when you look at the picture, it's very clearly green. Look at this. Look at it. Look at it. That's green bark. Yeah. What's could that, the caption could that say? Be, could that be moss? Yeah, it could be. But why take a picture of green mossy oh. bark and then say the bark is black? <laughs> the caption on that photo of it, <laughs> yeah. green moss to bark, yeah. says it's black. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so overall, I think this tree is great. It doesn't get very big. It doesn't do a whole lot. It's got a great amount of potential. However, it's underutilized. So that's going to give it some points. But because this is Michelin star, I think that its relationship co-opting a fungus to do its dirty work for it yeah brilliant yeah brilliant this one's gonna get a 7.9 wow a little high you're right 7.6 7.6 just from my reaction yeah, 7.69 <laughs> Seven point six nine. Yeah, that's right. Because I just, uh, I just think it's great, and I want to give it more credit so that when people look at the show and inevitably make big time decisions, and yeah, say, looks like the most popular tree that they covered this week is going to be on this one. Everyone, start planting these trees so we can sell them in ten years. You want to reverse engineer the popularity of this tree. Correct. Yeah. That's I want great. it to get better. But that is just for the potential that I think it has. Otherwise, honestly, probably 5.5. If I was just giving it straight up, if I was sitting there underneath it right now and I was like, mm, there's a dime a dozen. I've seen them everywhere. It's mm. a 5.5 tree. Yeah, I think it's a 5.5 tree. I think it's a 5.5 tree with the potential to be a six point, uh, 7.69. So it is a 7.69 canonically on the show? Yeah. Okay. And your review of the black truffle. Oh, I really like the black truffle. I think I think the truffle things are delicious. Mm-hmm. I really do. The truffle oil, I'm into it. Okay. Having never had a truffle like myself, like you cut one and then like eat it, you know? Yeah. I, I have no idea what that would be. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. Point wow. 8. The mm. reason it gets such a high score is because it does the dirty work and it doesn't even get caught. It stays underground the whole time. Yeah. Talk about a gangster. Whew. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's like some uh, check and mate. That's like some uh, un- underground mafia shit. Yeah, exactly. Pulling the what strings it is. from behind the scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The tree is like, I need your help, man. I can't, I can't do it without you. And the the mushroom underneath is like, I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse <laughs> because it captures its own thing. And the tree's like, I wasn't gonna refuse anyway. Please, <laughs> I like, I just need this. You're not refusing, I You're tell you. Refusing, and then he goes and like breaks the ankles of all the other grasses and small wow, shrubs around, yeah. and then uh, co-ops a pig to eat it <laughs> all right uh, i don't know what that average is to let's just not say there's an average yeah let's say the average is good yeah that's a good average alex i know you have opinions i want to hear yeah. what they are okay home oak first okay uh yeah i think it's it's an all right tree okay um i like its overall morphology it's got a great shape to it case yeah it's got a great shape Honestly, i love that it's hemi- glow, isn't it? hemispheric sort mm, of look it's a nice term it's very storybook it's mm. very uh it's very film pr- film uh film production company logo ah uh, <laughs> yeah okay i can see that oh, one tree films you know yeah. uh. um Alex, is that our production company? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yes, it is. We're Arbitrary Media, Case. Yeah, no, that's our... Okay, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know if I love the idea of its leaves. Um, I like an oak tree because it's soft, it's welcoming. Mm. This does not seem like a welcoming tree. I feel like if you tried to climb it, you'd poke the shit out of your skin. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, acor- the acorns make me laugh a little bit. They're kind of funny. That's That gives it some points. Mm. I don't know. I am going to give the Holm Oak. I also like that canonically it's named after Ian Holm. Yeah, which is a stunning fact for me. I mean, it's clearly on the Wikipedia and everything. And it's it's a great kind of hobbit-ish tree. It looks like it belongs on, on top of Bag End. You think so? On the hill. All right, I can see that. Sure, put put one right there on top of... On top of yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a good-looking yeah. tree. All right. It is a good-looking tree. I'll give it a 6.8, Case 6.8 for this guy. Yeah, maybe a 6.79, actually. Ooh, 6.79. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's Just fair. under 6.8. Yeah, I think that's a good rating. I think it's, yeah, a little above right in the middle. Uh, the black truffle. I'm a little truffled out. Yeah. I've just had too many truffly things, and now whenever I eat truffles, I'm like, "Ugh, it tastes like dirt." Ah, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little over it. Mm. I'm gonna give a black truffle. I don't know, like a five zero. Yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah, I like that. Poor things. Well, Casey, that was our review of the Ian Holm Oak and the black truffle. I'm so hungry now. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hungry, though. I'm not hungry maybe because of this episode. I'm going to go get some truffle fries. That sounds great. All right. I might make some steak frites tonight. There you go. Uh, Case, it's time for a game. (gasps) And today is a very special day because usually I am the game master. That's right. And you are the contestant, Casey, at my request. (laughs) Today, you take it away. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Treeperty. Now, I'm going to introduce our contestants. We have Alex Croson out of Portland, Oregon. Alex Croson is a podcast producer. He also tends to write music, perform it, and do other cool things as well. Alex, welcome. Thank you, Casey. It's great to be here. Now, uh, we all know the rules here, so this is Jeopardy. I'm going to give you a couple different questions, and each question will have a couple different categories here. Uh Now, uh, can we get uh, a readout of the categories? Okay, you got it. Category number one, leave me out of it. Category number two, dendro terminology. Uh Category three, forest giants. Hmm. Category four, legend tree. Category five, American sitcoms. Can you <laughs> can you explain what the third and fourth categories are? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, the third one is forest giants, right? And it is giants in the forest naming area. So perhaps it is a naturalist or some other person who okay. has done something popular figures in environmentalism. Yes, exactly, and mostly those who have been related to the um, quote discovering of trees. I okay. say that obviously with air quotes. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Because they certainly didn't, but they did bring it to light in the sense of a uh, um, European sense. Okay, and the legend legend tree. Legend tree. That is trees from legend. <gasps> oh, fun. Or perhaps a a book of uh, a book of some kind. Okay, great. Thank you. Excellent. Alex, are you ready? I'm ready, Casey. Oh, I'm sorry. In the last one, um, I should be more clear. Um, it has nothing to do with trees. Right. Uh, I believe that it was requested, uh-huh. uh, not by you, your agent, uh-huh. said, could we do something like American sitcoms that I can, I can know that I'm going to nail. Yeah. I just wanted one category that I could really crush. <laughs> that sounds good. You're going to crush all of these categories out. Thank you, you know Casey. That. Now, of course, uh, these are all answers. You must respond oh, sure. with a question. <laughs> what is, who is, are they, uh-huh. those kinds of things. Uh, and then um, it starts, of course, from uh, 100 uh, to 500. Fantastic. All right. We will start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chime in with a boop if I know the answer. I think that sounds good. I think you need to do that. Um, okay, which would you like to start <clears throat> with? Boy, can I take, uh, can I take Legend Tree for two hundred? Legend Tree for two hundred. That sounds good. These are trees who walk and do things slow if they're worth doing. Boop. Alex Croson. What are ents? That's correct. Nice. That's two hundred points. All right. Well done. I get paid for this, right? Like the real contestants? Yes. Okay. 
$200. Is they, these are dollars? Shoot. <laughs> and I take... It's <laughs> our most expensive project yet on this podcast. <laughs> Alex, the uh, the board's yours. Can I take uh, American sitcoms for 400 American sitcoms for 400 Oh, my God. That's our double Jeopardy. <gasps> wow. All right. Now, Alex, for this double Jeopardy question, there are two answers. If you get both answers correct, oh, wow. you will double your winnings. Okay. So this is 400 All right. All right. Here we go. Do I have to bet anything? Uh, is that, do you do that? I, I think you bet. Yeah. Whatever you have with double jeopardy, I'm gonna I'm gonna make yeah, this cool. a true double got? jeopardy. I'm going all in. You're going all in. Wait, he's he's betting he's betting two hundred dollars on this. <laughs> all right, here we go. Now remember, there are two answers to this. Okay. Okay. These titular characters are voiced by the same actor. What are Archer and Bob's Burgers? You got it, Alex. Right. Well done. All right, so you get your two hundred. Uh, you you multiply two hundred by two, which is uh, now four hundred um, plus. Uh, that was worth 400 double jeopardy. That's 800. Wow. Well done. H. John Benjamin. H. John Benjamin. That's right. So you are at now $1,200, Alex. Congratulations. Looks like the Fantastic. board is up to you. Casey, remind me of the first column there? The first column. Leaf me out of it, Alex. I'll take uh, leaf me out of it for 300. Leaf me out of it for 300. All right, here we go. Leaf me out of it for 300 is a question. That question is, neither broad nor needle-like. Neither broad nor needle-like? Dot, dot, dot. Sorry, Alex, you didn't answer in time. What was it? It would be scale-like. Oh, scale-like. Yep, yep. Okay, looks like uh, because you were the last one to answer, it goes back to you. All right, Casey. I'll take Leaf Me Out of It for 200. Leaf Me Out of It for 200. I want some redemption here. This describes a leaf's edge that is sharply toothed. Boop. Alex. What is serrated? That's correct. Well done. There's 200. I'll take dendro terminology for 300. For 300, shooting for the stars. The vascular system of a tree under the bark. Boop. Alex. What is cambium? That's correct. Cambium. That's 300. Wow, I feel like a genius. You are a genius. That's a, that's a five, six, seven. You're at $1,700, Alex. Congratulations. Oh, wow. All right. Next, uh, next one. Table's yours. I'll take um, Forest Giants for 300 Ooh, Forest Giants for 300 All the 300 is taken. His namesake has caused several deaths. His namesake has caused several deaths. Boop. Alex, who? you can say just the last name. Oh, who is Menzies? That is incorrect. The answer we were looking for was Nicholas Coulter. Nicholas Coulter. Nicholas Coulter. Oh, the Coulter Pine. That bastard. That widow maker. Alex, it looks like you're the last one to answer the question. It goes to you. I'm going to try uh, Forest Giants again for 400. Forest Giants for 400. Well, who needs two in 100s? Though his name is scientific, many consider it common also, though that is wrong. Boop. Alex. Who is Menzies? <laughs> <laughs> incorrect the answer we were looking for was probably also nicholas gary those are so hard well alex it's worth 400 points <laughs> what am i supposed to say all right all right all right so that was uh in reference to um in washington in uh, uh vancouver they call it the gary oak and oh. the scientific name is quercus garyana though it is in fact the oregon white oak and anyone oh. who calls it a gary oak sadly has been misled that's a good answer thank you alex back to you <sighs> I'll take dendro terminology for 100. Oh, there we go. Start from the bottom, make your all way up. Here we go. This is a technical term for an apple or pear. Boop. Alex. What is a poem? That's correct. 100. All right. Next one. I like these easier ones. Yeah, yeah. Let's try those 100s. Mark I'll take uh, dendro terminology for 200, Casey. Okay, for 200. Here we go. A word neither of us can seem to pronounce. <laughs> Boop. Alex. What is allelopathy? Here, we're going to... It, okay, the judges say that's okay. That, that, that'll work. That's one of the six that we've said in the past. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's one of the ways? Allelopathy. Allelopathy. <laughs> Back to you. I'll take leaf me out of it for 400. Leaf me out of it for 400. Also, please, everyone who's playing, tell us what you get. Yeah. Just to be clear. Leaf me out of it for 400. This pigment is responsible for photosynthesis. 
Alex. What is chlorophyll? That is correct. Four hundred. Okay. So, all right. So you're at uh, you're at a good old 26, 27, 27 points. I am really enjoying myself. We need Alex. to do this all the time. I, I understand now why you get so excited when we play games. You're doing great. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a thrill ride. You're, I know this is putting you to the test. Are we doing all these? Uh, yeah, and then we can edit about as we want. Okay, <laughs> I'll do American sitcom for one hundred. American sitcom for one hundred. Alex, let's see what this one is. The answer. After this show, coffee shops became the place to hang. Boop. Alex. What is friends? That is right for one hundred. Alex now has twenty eight hundred points and the board. I am gonna go dendro terminology for five hundred. Dendro terminology for five hundred. Answer this kind of tree only has male or female flowers or sex organs, but not both. Boop. Alex. I know it. I swear I know it. Uh uh. Hold on. Can you ask the judges if I can have like ten more seconds to think? The judges say Yes. Okay. Oh, fuck. Five more seconds. Oh my god. Well, <clears throat> all right. Can Sorry. I, Mom, I know that. I know. I know of a specific tree that does this. What tree? A ginkgo. A ginkgo. Yes, that's right. correct. Yes. But what is it called? Monoecious. Monoecious. Monoecious, Alex. I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. Uh, I couldn't get gymnosperm off my brain, which is not uh, that at all. No, that is that is 100% <clears throat> incorrect. Yeah. All right. Back to you, Alex. You're bored. All right, Casey. I will take dendro terminology for 400. Here we go. And wipe the board clean. Answer. This kind of cone stays shut until fire opens it. Boop. Alex. What is a... Fire adapted cone? That's correct, but the term we're looking for is serotonous. Serotonous. I would not have gotten that. Yeah, that's why it's worth 400. That's a good one. All right. Uh, okay, I'll take Leaf Me Out of It for 500. Leaf Me Out of It for 500. Alex, answer. A maple or ash has this kind of leaf arrangement. Maple or ash. Boop. Alex. What is palmate? Ooh, no. It's actually all opposite. Opposite oh, arrangement. arrangement. I don't know. Do you get negative points for the ones you get wrong? I think so. Oh, You shoot. lose however much that was worth. Gosh, you've lost now. You're at uh, 1,800. Yeah, I'm probably... Uh, there's another one you got wrong, but we're just going to give I it to you. I think I'm in the negative. Here. No, you're not. No, no, no. You're at, you're at 1,800 right now. That's pretty good. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. I'll take Forest Giant for 100. Forest Giants for 100. Answer. He died in a pit trap in Hawaii. Boop. Who yes. is David Douglas? That's right. I knew that David Douglas would be the 100 answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I loved it. No. All right. I knew I was going to get it right. Uh, Forest Giants for 200, Case. Forest Giants for 200, Alex. Here we go. The scientific name of Douglas Fir is named for him. Boop. Alex. Who is Menzies? That's right. Archibald Menzies for another 200. All right. You're at 1,700 now. <sighs> This is pretty good. And that scientific name, of course, is Pseudosuga menziesii. That's exactly right. Casey, I'll take that fourth column that I can't see for 400. Legend tree for yes, 400. Legend tree. This tree has not been seen by any muggles. Any muggles. Boop. Alex. What is the Whomping Willow? That's right. For 400, you are now back in the twos. 2,100 points, and the board's yours. I'll take uh, Legend Tree for 500. Legend Tree for 500. Wrap that one up. Almost. This tree ends a stump after a life of sacrifice. Boop. Alex. What is the Giving Tree? That's right. The Giving Tree by the skin of your skinny skin skin. I'm going to edit it like I got that right away. <laughs> you, you bastard. <laughs> All right, um, can I take Forest Giants for five? Forest Giants for 500, here we go. Answer, his taxonomic system is the standard binomial used oh, today. Oh, God. Uh, I, uh, I don't remember who that is, but I know what a binomial is. All right. Well, that doesn't get you anywhere, Alex. You have to wait for the timer yeah, to run out. That was out. Carl, Carl Linnaeus. Carl, Carl Linnaeus. Linnaeus. Good, good guy. Yep. So that, uh, sorry that you did Oh, it. Linnaeus. Yeah, I've heard yep. Linnaeus. Yeah. 2100. Alex, only a few more. I will take Leaf Me Out of It for 100. Leaf Me Out of It for 100. Answer. This is the edge of a leaf. Boop. Alex. What is the margin? That's correct. All right. Climb your way I did back pretty up. good on that column or on you that really category. Did. You really did. I think you actually, that's probably your best category so far. You did yeah. miss the maple leaf arrangement, so you, oh, right. you have almost uh, an aggregate of no points there. <laughs> but, Went even. All right. Yeah, great work. 
Uh, I'll take Legendary for 100. Legendary for 100. Alex, here we go. With carved eyes, these trees see and can allow one to see through them. Boop. Alex. What is the weirwood? The weirwood is correct. Alex, you have one more opportunity. Final Jeopardy. Wow. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Everyone, this is our final Jeopardy category. Birch, please. Here's your question. Elon Musk has been searching to try to find the best carbon capture technology in the world. This carbon capture technology has been shown to be the most effective at reversing climate change. You have 30 seconds. I think we should play the entire song. (laughs) Tree Jeopardy is brought to you by... Alex, welcome back. Pencils down. <laughs> what is your answer? Again, the question is, this carbon capture technology has been shown to be the most effective at reversing climate change, and Elon Musk has been searching for it for many years, allegedly giving away billions of dollars in the search. I wrote trees. He got it right. Alex, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. It turns out trees are the most effective. And if Elon Musk just invests billions of dollars into getting trees planted, he would succeed in his endeavor. Alex, you just made out with uh, $4,600. Congratulations. Wow. You're this week's winner. Thank you, Casey. Wow, that was incredible. Can I come back for the for the uh, the next one? Do oh, I get to go? I get to yeah. compete again. You get that automatic um, okay. uh, thing. Yeah, great. Congratulations, Alex. Casey, wonderful job. That was Treeperty. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Are you ever gonna let me come up with the name of the game again? One thousand percent. Actually, I was in the shower this morning. I was like, I wonder what we should call this the Jeopardy segment <laughs> we're doing later. I was like, we could call Treeperty. Oh, I'm so happy you thought of that. <laughs> Well done. Well done to you, Casey. That was uh, a tremendous amount of fun. I had a great time. I have to give Hannah some credit. She helped me uh, last night when we were doing Wing Week. Oh, great. We were sitting at the bar drinking a beer and and eating wings while trying to come up with good questions. That's fantastic. Well done, Hannah. Well done, Casey. Well done, Alex. Thank you very much. Casey, it's time for our completely arbitrary Q and A. This week, our question is from Hannah Gargrave. Hannah writes... Hi, Hannah. Hello. Big fan of your podcast. In the last couple of years, I've gotten into disc golf, and the course closest to where I live in northern Wisconsin is just loaded with massive old red and white pines that are really scraggly looking. Okay. A lot of the trees right off the tree pads, a lot of the trees right <laughs> off the tee pads and in the fairways always get hit by launched discs to mm-hmm. the point where the bark is scarring on the one side. Yeah. What effect does this constant beating on the trees have on their health and the health of the whole stand? Here's some picks uh, so you have a better idea. Happy frolfing. Happy frolfing, everybody. Thanks, Hannah. Hannah, thank you so much for your question. Mm-hmm. Case. Yes, sir. What do you think? A tree gets beat to shit with little little divots yep. over and over and over and over every single day of its life. Exactly. Yeah. You really hit it on the head there, actually. is It's a it's a wound on the tree many times, but with uh, certain trees, they have thick bark, right? Yeah. So around here, one of our favorite um, uh, disc golf courses is covered in Douglas firs, and every single thing, right off the tee... All the trees around are just peppered. Like they look like they've just been shot with a shotgun or something. Just yeah. you know, everywhere. They're just covered. But they're always like horizontal because the discs are being thrown usually somewhat horizontal. They might look like lenticels. They kind of do, yeah. And so what it does is each time you hit the bark, most likely the bark is going to be fine because it's usually pretty thick, especially on the white pines and the red pines. Sure. Um, but as you do that over and over, you chip it off bit by bit, by bit, by bit, by bit. So if that happens, you know, maybe 100 or 200 people come through, 500 each day, and a quarter of them hit the tree, times that by every year, times that for however long the the course has been there, you're going to get thousands upon thousands of hits. Mm. And each one of those is going to maybe break off the bark a little bit. If it keeps doing it faster than the tree can put on new bark, then the tree is going to, at one point, there's going to be not enough bark that a disc is going to hit it. It's going to go into the bark cambium, and then it's going to cause a wound on that tree. 
Whether it's a small wound or a big wound, it's a wound that somehow something could get in there. Some kind of fungus could infect the tree through yeah. that big wound. Um, or if it happens enough, it could kill off that entire side of the tree. So it's not a good thing. But if it happens and the tree is really thick and it's just not getting through like a gigantic old thick trunk, then the tree's probably going to be like, eh, whatever. It's not really going to care too much. Okay. As long as there's enough bark there over the entire course of this. If, on the other hand, it's a, a thin bark tree and it just gets smashed over and over, then I've actually seen trees completely fall over because wow. they've been hit so much. It kills that cambium layer because it just nicks it, nicks it, nicks it, nicks it, and then that whole layer becomes kind of disjointed and then Jeez. it just dies. So when that area dies, then the tree is now putting more effort into uh covering over that wound with its uh, compartmentalization. And then, once that happens, now the tree is working really hard. It's not grow to protect itself. It's not growing as much as it should because it's putting more energy towards building more wood. Yeah. And then you end up get basically creating a tree that is stressed out. Okay. Then that could really hurt it. So, um, a lot of times what uh, people are doing is they're putting either like a, a kind of semi-rigid plastic mesh around the trees. Um, that way, if a disc hit it, the plastic kind of reduces the surface area. It doesn't hit the bark directly. The the uh, the disc would hit it, slam into it, and then not really go through the plastic. So the plastic creates like a uh, it spreads out the the pressure of the actual strike. It yeah okay. It's like your open palm slapping the tree instead of instead of hitting it with an axe. Yeah exactly. And then on top of that, other people are doing, they're like strapping on two by fours around it. So you have like these vertical two oh, by wow. fours on the, the leeward side, the discward side of the tree. Uh-huh. And that, it doesn't look near as nice, but you're not going to get through a two by four in a long time. And if you do, good for you. It was a pretty good idea to have it there because yeah. you were going to go through the tree's bark anyway. And then you just replace it. Yeah, exactly. So it's not good for the trees uh, overall. Most trees that are big and tough that have thick bark, they'll be fine. If they don't have big, thick bark, they will not be fine and you very well could kill them over mm. time um, or at least really slow them down so they're not growing very healthy. I saw a larch just keel over one time. It was just poor thing. So those trees are probably being set back a little bit. Yeah, I'd say a little bit. Overall. Uh, yeah, and as on the overall stand, probably not a big deal because only the trees near the T's right. are getting affected by the throws and only on one side. Yeah. Whereas if it's on other trees in the area, they're probably all connected through the mycorrhizal fungi network and they're probably doing just fine as a whole stand. The big thing that affects them actually is the uh, the compacted soil from everyone walking around. So it kills off all the grass, it compacts the soil a little bit, and it kills off all the other little plants that are growing uh, as an understory component to that forest. Mm-hmm. That is actually probably what's causing the most damage to the trees is just that uh, the lack and the degradation of the soil in that area. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your question, Hannah. If you have a question about trees, email us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. You can follow our Instagram at arbitrarypod. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod, or you can join the Patreon, patreon.com slash arbitrary pod. We have a bunch of cool things happening there, including the mm-hmm. Cone of the Month Club, where you get a unique die-cut cone sticker illustrated by an independent artist every single month in the mail with a little info card. It's a lot of fun. It's very cute. And it supports the pod case. Exactly. Alex, if anybody wants to send us a recipe with truffle in it, and they are convinced it's going to be delicious... And cost-effective. I'll try it. Yeah, I'll try it. I'll put it together. We'll Remember when we told people that we like that you like maple stuff? Yes. And we received a box. You, oh. That, a big box from Canada. Just to be clear, my top three uh, listeners so far, no offense to everyone else. <laughs> Uh-oh. Thank you so much for listening to you're, Completely Arbitrary. You're all my favorite listeners. Oh, we doubled back. Get out of here. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Au revoir. Goodbye. Should have said ciao. Oh, yeah. Ciao. Ciao. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening.